this doctor had to feel fucking weird, man. She's going, Richard, uh, listen, I'm a big fan of your work. I enjoy all your movies. I just saw Pretty Woman, and uh, but, <laughs> but there's a gerbil in your ass. And then the gerbil must have had a great look on his face. Oh, yeah, it's my fault. Oh, yeah, blame me. It was my fucking idea. This is where I wanted to spend a vacation in this guy's ass. Yeah, yeah, I'm the fucking asshole. Fucking poor gerbils, man. <laughs> Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Wrong. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm on your host, D. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rambo. And I'm Kate dying. Rambo. You don't. Uh, you're, you're looking kind of uh, downtrodden. Like you look a little, like a little Peak under it. the weather. I am dying in the Victorian sense of the word, as in I'm being very dramatic about it. But I am dying slowly. Technically, we're all dying, but I'm dying faster. Well, we I'm get into it on the second show. But Kate had her you had your like uh, your gyno exam at the U.S. Embassy by some <laughs> U.S. Embassy doctor, which is kind of fucked up because England you have NHS, so your healthcare is free until you go to a U.S. doctor or the U.S. Embassy. Then you got to pay five hundred pounds. Well, every, no, it's it's for any visa, because there were Australians there. There was Canadians. Oh, so just right? anyone. There in... was Gunas. Oh, I thought it was the yeah. U.S. Embassy. No, no, it's a visa medical. It's the only visa medical doctor in all of the U.K. So there was a very wide range of an people assortment. there, and I was looking at everyone, trying to figure out their stories. You know, there was even a seventh-month-old pregnant lass named Jade. Who had her hair and fish, uh, like those fish tail plaits? Well, I was wh- thinking she's definitely married to a Turk. There's something Turkish about going on. Well, did you it. say it's women only, though, right? Only women doctors, and it was like being interrogated by the KJB. But were there were the patients there, the the applicants for the visa? Were there men and women there? Oh yeah, it was a, a wide range of people. Uh, very few uh, whiteies amongst us, though. Oh, so you you felt out of place? I mean, yes, I was definitely out of place in this environment. And then to top it all off, I had to have a hepatitis B vaccine, and uh, that's that's what's given me the sick. It was either that or the eight-hour bus home, but I think it was the vaccine. No, that was the other thing, like insult to injury. There's a train strike, so you had to take a fucking bus all the way back up north. I've not taken that northern bus back in such a such a long time, and it was like I, I was very intrigued by it because the trains have been fucking disgusting at the minute, and I thought maybe maybe the buses have come all, come along in the ten years since I've like graduated from being a bus wanker to a train wanker, but no, the the bus is still just as disgusting. And do you know what? Do you know what really threw me, and I'd forgotten about this, and it was like stepping into a time warp, was to even get onto the toilet on a bus. You need a coin. And I don't just mean you pay 20 pence and it opens the door and you can go in and piss. You use it to open the door. I don't understand. You put 20 pence, a 20 pence coin. No, 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 no. You use the side of a coin to unlock the door. 
It's like, oh, who the, the fuck carries up. money? Because the lock's no, fucked up. No, no, no. That is the lock, D. That's the lock. You use the side of a coin and you unlock the door like that. What the fuck? Why, why isn't there like a handle with a regular lock? When I saw that, I was, I was like, I've... I've paid money to be on this fucking bus and you still don't trust me to like use this fucking disgusting toilet. And I was like, this toilet is going to make me sick. So I've even gotten sick off the hepatitis B vaccine, which America makes me have. Or I've gotten sick of that toilet on the bus, but I think it's both. I'm going with both and now I'm dying. Just being on that bus. And you said it was like 10 hours, right? It was like, yeah, just just about nine hours. Jesus Christ. We did stop, though, uh, like uh, trucker drivers in the UK might recognize this truck stop. And I'd forgotten about it from all the days, like, touring up and down the country. But we stopped at Nutsford. And I'd forgotten Nutsford services and, like, everything that entails of it. And I bought and I bought a muffin and I ate a muffin. And then, then I, like, went to sleep. And when I woke up, I had a fever. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's kind of, I mean, that typically happens from vaccines. Like the COVID vaccine, the first one, I was knocked out for like two days. But the second one, I was fine. Yeah, this came on late, though, because I had the injection at like 4 p.m. And then it was like, what, 12 hours later, I'm feverish. I was like, is is this right? Well, but it was a big injection. I saw it. And she was like, this She was like, this one's got more than the polio injection that I was forced to take as well. Because polio's back, everyone. They found it in the Thames. Found it in the Thames. Well, <laughs> on the second show, we'll get into some more of the details about Kate's pap smear and what they found. Several wedding rings. <laughs> Men's wedding rings. I don't know what, how long they've been in there, but they fished some stuff out. So uh... They were rusty. <laughs> um, so, Kate Rambo, it's uh, Gay Pride Month. I don't know. Do, is it Gay Pride in London as well? Is it, do they do like, big gay worldwide. Is it worldwide it, in well, June? Or is it just a U.S. thing? No, I think it's worldwide pride, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not sure. Is that, is that when they celebrate in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> well, you know, I wish I could be gay so I could take a little pride in myself, but as it is, I have zero pride. Yeah, I have no pride. There's no like Jew Pride Month, is there? Um, I don't know. When did uh, when did uh, Germany invade Poland? Maybe we could start making that. The, that's or, uh, Jew Pride Month. <laughs> Jew Pride Month. Yeah. Well, my brother Jeffrey came down from SF. Uh, for West Hollywood Gay Pride, WeHo Gay Pride. Apparently, there's two gay prides in L.A. I didn't know about this, but there's there are two. The original one used to be in West Hollywood, but now they made a L.A. Pride one. So there's a this weekend was the West Hollywood uh, Pride, and the next weekend's the L.A. Pride downtown in the park. So Mariah Carey is headlining <gasps> the L.A. Pride with you are fucking joking me. Yeah, with Megan the Stallion. They're, they're co-headlining L.A. Pride in the Park. Oh, but my God. Are you going to go? Definitely not. Um, what? But last night, we got to check out Grace Jones, who was headlining the West Hollywood. Well, Grace Jones and Carly Rae Jepsen, who uh, I think is playing Sunday. I'm not going to go check that out. Oh, that, oh my, right. That's kind of cool, but it's not Mariah. As you know, I have a big soft spot for Mariah. Carey. <laughs> I got to say, Grace Jones was amazing. For being like a 70, which she's like, what, 75, 76? She oh, was she's awesome. an icon, mate. Oh, she was yeah, awesome. And great. she like had these crazy outfits. And then at one point, she was like riding the shoulders of these big gay dudes like into the crowd. 
It was kind of cool. I did see videos of her hula hooping with a corset on for like four minutes straight. She did it for an entire song. She hula hooped with like a a light up hula hoop. It was it was pretty amazing. I got to say it was fabulous. It was fab. Yeah. And plus, uh, (laughs) Jeffrey and I uh, were on a lot of ecstasy. And so it was kind of cool watching Grace Jones on a lot of ecstasy hula hooping with a light up hula hoop. It's kind of amazing. Did you both score? Did you get lots of boy action? Did not score. Actually, I might have been cock-blocking for Jeffrey because he was on the prowl, but nothing happened. We both came back and watched John Wick. Did you, like, dress up for it? Were you wearing sequins? Did you have some glitter eyeshadow on? Anything? Uh, Jeans and a t-shirt. Just black. Cowboy shirt, (laughs) as usual. I can't believe... Why aren't I living in America? Because I want to go see Mariah. Well, so this West Hollywood one... It was the whole weekend, and the LA one is next weekend for the whole weekend. So I'm not sure who else is playing with Mariah, but at the West Hollywood one, there are a bunch of people I've never heard of before. Like, well, Orville Peck played. You know who he is, the the gay cowboy with the Sadly. fringe mask. Who, yes, I got to say, was Orville not that Peck bad. Is. He actually was kind of cool. Um, yes, I just don't like his music at all because I like real country music. Yeah, it's very derivative. It's kind of like it reminds me sort of of uh, Roy Orbison. But I think gay. people who like Orville Peck are people who actually don't know anything about country music. Because if you did, you'd be like, holy fuck, why am I listening to this when I could listen to Whale and To Jennings? the real thing, you know. But yeah. I got to say, out of all the lineup, the people that were playing last night, he was one of the only ones I'd want to see. Because it was like Australian queer band Cub Sport, uh, gay okay. indie pop star Blue the Tiger, R&B musician Santi Gold, Jesse Ware, Idina Menzel. I don't even know these people. Oh, Jesse Ware's British. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's the only one I know. Yeah, I don't the know any one. of these people. So we made it for Orville Pack and then Grace Jones, who was, who was amazing. And then afterwards, um, it was like a big festival. Like the whole area of Santa Monica was just all blocked off. So we went to a bar called Motherload <laughs> and then uh, a bar called The Abbey. So it was, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. But it made me think of, because Jeffrey hasn't been down. Jeffrey hasn't actually been to my apartment in West Hollywood. I think last time he was here, I think he might have come to the K-Town one. I'm not quite sure. But I remember when Jeff visited in 98, when I first moved to California, we were in San Francisco. He came, he came for Folsom. And he just pretty much disappeared for a week. Like he showed yeah, up, we had dinner, and then we went to the, we went to the Folsom Parade or festival or whatever. And he was gone. We saw him like five days later. He's getting some of that WeHo taint. Well, I, you know, I was wondering if that's what was going to be the case this time around, but it hasn't been so far, so we'll see. But he's here for another couple of days. But I got to say, Folsom is way more fun than Pride. It's, kind of, it's, it's much more deviant. Like You'll see things you'll never be able to unsee at Folsom, which is Pride is just kind of festive. Gay dudes wearing like sparkles and partying. Whereas Folsom... There's a good chance, like a high probability, you'll see someone getting fisted. Like, how often do you get to see that? Only in prison and in <laughs> my fantasies. I haven't been in years. I think the last time I was there, I went with my sister, who's not someone you want to go to Folsom Street Festival with, because she'll do things like, I remember there's this Asian guy, this like weird like Chinese guy. All he was wearing was a mesh net, like just a net. You could see his dung and everything. And uh, at one point, we're standing there, and she just pushed my hand right into, like, full on into his dick. 
like balls of dick. Right? She was standing behind me, just did it and like walked away. And the guy just kind of was like, oh, hello. And then the rest of the time, he just followed me around the entire day. And I yes, was like, and I tried to reason with him. I was like, I didn't do that on purpose. It was her. She pushed my hand. Like, it's not, there's nothing here between us. There's no flirting uh-huh. or anything. Guy followed me around the rest of the day. Yeah. Only turned him on more, I bet. <laughs> maybe we'll go to S- maybe we'll go to San Francisco for Folsom in September if you're living here. It is a funny yeah, if- it is fun. If I think I'm sick now, imagine Oh yeah, who knows what you're going to catch at Folsom Street Fair, yeah. And oh, the, I the, know what I'm going to catch. The sketchiest things like I noticed that last night. They had porta potties, but they weren't gross porta potties. Oh they were like God. pink and purple or something. Folsom Street, you don't even want to go in that porta potty. No idea what's going on in there. Well, there's gay sex happening in the porta potties, isn't there? I'm sure. But I just, porta potties are just, I will try and avoid at all costs. Well, there's a lot of dead gerbils, I've heard, that fall into the. Okay, here we go. This is how it starts. (laughs) Right, yeah. The dead gerbils are fulsome. How does Richard Gere practice safe sex? Uh, He sticks a gerbil in a condom up his ass. He uses a mousetrap. (laughs) <laughs> so what's funny about this is why does this joke still resonate today? Like, what? Why are you able to like hear that joke and be like Richard Gere? Why? I don't get it. Mousetrap. I don't get it. You're gonna get it because that guy will forever be known as the man who s- supposedly shoved the gerbil up his ass and went to the Cedar Sinai Hospital to have it removed. I wonder how Richard, uh, Dick Gear, we're going to call him Dick. I wonder how Dick feels about this, though. Like, because what a legacy. At some point, you would have to think, like, this is the most hilarious thing. It's kind of nearly like Kenneth Anger could have written this about you in Hollywood Babylon. Well, there are theories about who uh, started this rumor, which we're going to get into. But do you think, because you like Richard Gere, American Gigolo is a movie you like a lot. We watched I would like to point out at this point, I am not a Richard Gere fan per se. I think he's a very boring person and or actor, but he's very inoffensive. He doesn't offend me. And yes, American Gigolo is one of the greatest films ever. Who doesn't love that movie? But do you think Richard Gere, who I don't even think is gay. I don't think he's gay. Do you think Cindy no, Crawford? He was, he was banging Cindy Crawford, who is my super babe supermodel from that era. I love her. And she's also bland and inoffensive. But do you think the actor Richard Gere actually stuffed the gerbil up his ass? No. But the bigger question is, is who else has stuffed a a gerbil up their ass for it to become a thing? Believe me, I want to believe. I really do. I want to believe (laughs) that that he put a... I I do. I want to believe that he put a gerbil up his ass. Um, But I did a lot of research, and we're going to talk about this show, and... We'll find out. We'll find out to kick off Pride Month if gerbiling is a factual sexual practice done by, doesn't even have to be homosexuals. Yeah, heterosexuals can also do gerbiling. Or is it a hurtful, homophobic urban legend? Like, I want to believe that he, that he did do this because it makes me respect him more as an actor and a man. Well, they never covered this on X-Files or Mythbusters. So we are going to be busting some well, the, myths today. The other thing I want to f- try to figure out is why Richard Gere and not one of the other 80s actors like Fabio or, or Richard Simmons. Because like Richard Simmons, if someone's like, you know, he stubbed, shoved a gerbil up his ass, I'd be like, I can kind of believe that. 
I just think Richard Gabe is an innocent, easy target. And he's a Buddhist, so, you know, it's easy to pick on them. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, let's chat about something much more pleasurable than gerbiling. The Sick and Wrong Patron. Uh, people, if you support uh, indie podcrafting, if you love what uh, Kate and I do here on the show, then why not get more out of your Sick and Wrong uh, listenership? Sign up for the Sick and Wrong Patron, support Sick and Wrong, and you get access to Sick and Wrong's second show. We do a whole other second show that comes out on the Patreon. Uh, this week, we get into details about Kate's gyno exam at the Visa Doctor. And then continuing with the Pride theme, we do a deep dive into felching. The origin, the meaning, and the hazards. And we have a guest star. My brother is actually going to be on the second show talking about his experience with felching. Um, that's only five bucks a month to get access to the wrong patron. And uh, not only, you don't even have to do it through Patreon anymore. If you want to support the show, you can go on Apple Podcasts now. You can sign up for second yeah. show on Apple Podcasts. It's only five bucks a month. For a few dollars more, you get access to uh, Sick and Wrong Overkill, which is our bonus Minnesota, uh, Serial Killer Star Signs, as well as uh, the Sick and Wrong Archives, the first 10 years of Sick and Wrong on SoundCloud Playlist. Patreon.com slash Sick and Wrong. We do appreciate you supporting the show. Let me play this quick promo, and then let's find out if Richard Gere actually shoved a gerbil up his ass. Hi, guys. Stuart here. I'm just calling in to get this off my chest. All you listeners out there, why are you not signing up for the Patreon? Seriously, these two fine people do the show next to having a regular job, and you don't feel the need to support them. So sign up to the Patreon today. You're not helping a Jew through college, but through his midlife crisis. And Kate is packing her shit to live in California. Both of these things are not cheap. They give so much and ask for so little. So do it now and keep the show going. Dee and Kate, you're doing a great job. Love you guys. Stuart out. So Kate Rambo, when did you first hear about gerbiling was it through richard gear or did you hear about the act of gerbiling independently no obviously even though i'm I, I was saying this to you before so i'm the elder millennial generation so i do remember richard yeah so i heard about gerbiling through him but i think the younger generation will know it through lemmy winks and if oh, they don't South know Park. it through lemmy winks then they're probably like who the f what the fuck is gerbiling and this might be a whole new uh thing for them but yeah lemmy winks i think put gerbiling on the fucking map mr slave and the whole song and everything i think uh yeah definitely i think <laughs> south park took it to a much wider audience but people my age my generation would remember the the famous urban legend about a man who had been admitted to the hospital after his gay partner put a gerbil in his rectum and then how someone said it was actually richard Gere that that happened to which I remember at the time being like, why him? Like the guy from Pretty Woman? Okay. He was also married I mean, to Cindy Crawford at the same yeah. time. Yeah. So I wanted to look into it and find out where did this, where did this originate? The, the yeah. term gerbiling. Did, has someone ever been admitted to the hospital and had to have a gerbil extracted from their anus? I mean, there's got to be records. There's got to be medical records if it's ever actually occurred. Um, so one thing I'm going to point out, and this is something I didn't know until I was doing this research, but the term felching, felching has two different variants. So the first variant of felching, two different definitions to felching. I always thought felching was the act of sucking semen from the anus of a sexual partner following anal sex. 
That's why I always thought Felching referred to. Same. And can I, I just want to put this on the record here. I hate that Chevy Chase movie. There's a che- Felch. There's no Chevy Chase movie named Felch. Are you talking about Felch. Fletch? Fletch. Fletch. <laughs> so I am sick. <laughs> <laughs> <Fletch>. <laughs> it's when a dyslexic person looks back on Chevy Chase's career. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, I've that'd already be great seen it if, once. I hate it. <laughs> the gay porn that Chevy Chase was in called Felch. It's yeah, he was a detective. Yeah, it was terrible. I hate that film. <laughs> I should have even corrected you, actually. I should just let that one go. <laughs> no, you should have just let it slide. I should have let anyways, that slide. we shall continue on. There's going to be more of that. <laughs> so I've always heard of Feltrin being the, 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 the semen-sucking um, sexual act. Out of an but asshole. the second variant of felching is said to refer to the stuffing of small animals, typically rodents, gerbils, hamsters, mice, and rats, into the vagina or anus for sexual stimulation. It seems very like Roman, Greek, medieval torture technique. Well, I think it was a medieval torture technique, wasn't it? Where like rats would eat you out from the inside out. I mean, you know, they they said, um, well, they said it, it, no one said it was like a Greek or Roman sexual practice. I wouldn't be surprised. Romans were into some freaky shit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised about that, but I didn't find any evidence that that happened. But what's, Interesting about this with felching. So the first variant, sucking semen out of an asshole, no one doubts the authenticity of that. I mean, I've, that definitely happens. But the second oh, one... I thought you were going to say because I do it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that definitely happens. <laughs> but the second definition of felching, we're stuffing a gerbil up your ass. There's been a lot of online debates whether or not that actually exists. Or is it a hurtful myth meant to disparage homosexuals? I don't I don't think it's meant to disparage homosexuals as much as it's meant to hurt the idea of a gerbil. Like, why is nobody thinking of the gerbils here? Well, it's animal Why does cruelty. it have to be a gerbil? I, it's animal it, yeah, cruelty. Yeah, but mice but are I think, smaller. I think what it's trying to do is label homosexuals as like these this, this class of deviants that are willing to okay. you know, commit acts I of bestiality. Gerbils. And that's why they, they can't, you know disparage the sanctity of marriage you know because we okay, can't let them right, get married yeah. because they stick gerbils in their asses you know it's like <laughs> i think that's where it, where it came about and like people like ted cruz you know or marjorie taylor green are going to be like oh we we can't spoil the sanctity of marriage by allowing them to get married in the eyes of god when they shove gerbils in their anuses but Richard Gere, the most famous recipient of gerbiling, are you the recipient? Are you the taker? Are you the gerbiler? Who knows I about think the it's plurals a two, and the adjectives? It's a two-party act. Like I think two people have to be involved, or multiple. Well, he's or heterosexual. He three. So Shirley, and don't call me Shirley, Cindy Crawford must have been shoving the gerbil up his ass because they were married at the time. But you could also put a gerbil in a vagina. So he might have been putting a gerbil into her vag. Maybe the gerbil had been in her vag first, and then she took it out and said, that felt so good that I want to put this gerbil inside of you so you can enjoy it like a love bead. Well, we can hypothesize all day if you want, <laughs> but I'm going to get down to facts here. So Let's do it. When this, this hoax, the gerbiling hoax, sort of originate, originated, I guess, on, online, but there, there are two stories that people point to as, uh, as the source of gerbiling. And these came around like late 80s, 89, 91. 
Um, and there, there's different versions. They say it was reported to the, by the LA Times, but no one can find any of these articles as, as if this actually happened. And then other people say uh, it, it took place in Salt Lake City, Utah. But once again, no news outlet has ever published an article about these fictitious events. So News Story 1, which is probably the most famous one. I had heard of this one. So in retrospect, lighting the match was my big mistake. But I was only trying to retrieve the gerbil, said Eric Tomaszewski. Um, he told doctors at the severe burn unit in Salt Lake City Hospital. Tomazuki and his, uh, or Tama, yeah, Tomazuski and his homosexual partner, Andrew Kiki Farman, um, they had been admitted to the emergency treatment after a felching session had gone seriously wrong. He said he pushed a cardboard tube up his rectum and slipped Ragget, their pet gerbil, inside. And as usual, Kiki shouted out, Armageddon. And that was their safe word. That was his cue that he had had enough. And so when he yelled out Armageddon and tried to retrieve Ragget, Ragget wouldn't come out. So he peered into oh, the tube that was inserted into Kiki's anus. He struck a match, <laughs> thinking the light might attract Ragget to come out of his ass. But unfortunately, I think he uh, didn't realize that there's methane in your ass. There's methane. It's flammable. So the match ignited a pocket of intestinal gas. Flames shot out of the tube, igniting Mr. Tomaszewski's hair, burning his face severely. It also set fire to the gerbil's fur and whiskers, which ignited a larger pocket of gas further up the intestine and propelled the rodent out of his asshole like a cannonball on fire. To use a... Words of John Steele here. I'm calling fabrics. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is so like preposterous that this could even happen. I mean, maybe I'd like to believe it. Once again, I'd like to believe it, but it just seems very uh, dubious. Tomaszewski suffered second degree burns and a broken nose from the impact of the, the flaming gerbil. And Kiki Farnham. I don't think so. Gerbils are tiny. Yeah, but it like shot out of his ass from being blown out by the fart gas. And hit his nose. And Farnham suffered first and second degree burns to his anus and lower intestinal tract, which is no joke, Kate Rambo. So that's that the no first joke. story. Okay. Now, the second story, News Story 2, which also circulated all over the internet, once again, there's no evidence that these stories were ever published in any news outlet. 26-year-old male arrives at the ER complaining of rectal bleeding. He's too embarrassed to provide an accurate history, but provides the examining doctor a clue. He said, there might be something stuck in my rear end. So a uh, doctor examines him, reveals a non-tender abdomen, and a rectal exam shows blood coming out of his anus. A speculum exam then reveals bloody stool and a dead gerbil inside. Apparently, though, the cardboard tubing from a paper towel roll and the rodent had been forced into his rectum. And once the animal was in, the tube was pulled out. But unfortunately, the gerbil didn't escape. And so uh, he should have been able to defecate it, but he couldn't. He couldn't get it out of his anus. And so he had to go to the, the hospital uh, emergency room, have it removed, and then get pain medication, antibiotics. That's so gerbil. What a horrible way to die. I searched the internet for both these, these people's names and tried to get some kind of verification, see if I could find any kind of evidence that this was ever published, and I couldn't find anything. I mean, I found people... You know, reprinting these these stories, these are a mess, but I couldn't find any actual news article um, from a respected media outlet that published this. Um, however, I read about a, a doctor named Dr. Su Fai Lo, 
and his colleagues at, his colleagues at a hospital in uh, Hong Kong, they reported the case of a 50-year-old man who had to have a live eel removed from his rectum. And we covered yeah, that mean, on Sick and Wrong. Yeah, and also the, there's that huge, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's that huge industry of porn in Japan and China where they shove uh, sea Eels creatures. Eels and, and other creatures. And but that makes more sense to me to put an eel up there because it's already kind of slimy and slippery and slippery, sort of like... and it's long. Yeah, it's, it's kind like of phallic-shaped. esque But, I mean, gerbils like hiding in, in dark places. So a gerbil, to me, would seem to be kind of naturally attracted to an anus if a tube was leading up there. I mean, they also love running in tubes. You can get all those fancy. I always, I was never allowed a hamster and I've always wanted a hamster because I wanted to build like the greatest hamster run trail that a hamster had ever seen. Like I wanted to build a mansion, you know, those tubes that you could buy. Would you have it leading into your vagina? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Um. But these these doctors had had you know mentioned that the you know this happened with eels. It's happened with objects, obviously like light bulbs and cucumbers and things like that. But no one could oh, provide any factual evidence for the existence of gerbiling. So I think gerbiling. So gerbiling was around in the in the U.S. The term gerbiling was the butt of many jokes, definitely because of Richard Gere. That was probably what late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, and then you know late these two news articles. 90s. But I think. The gerbling story became known in Europe and France in the mid 2000s when there was a fake AFP news press release about the uh, the 26 year old who went to the hospital to have the gerbil okay. removed, and so they called it um, Ragged the Hamster, not a gerbil. They called it Ragged was a well, hamster. Well, two different things. Well, I think the difference between the European and the American version is that gerbils are not really they don't really have gerbils as pets in France, but they do have hamsters. No, Whereas no, no. You... Gerbils and hamsters are two totally different things. You can't I know, but say you, the, the you two You don't same really things. get A gerbil gerbils. has a tail and a hamster does not. Exactly. But you don't get gerbils as pets in France. Yeah, you, don't, you can. They, no, they don't sell them. They're not widely known. I know known. people who've had gerbils as pets in the UK. So is it only the UK where you could have a gerbil as a pet? Because I've definitely I'm not sure, known but people. They said... Gerbils are also feistier than a hamster. I'm, putting, I'm saying that about them. I mean, in America, you can get gerbils. Well, in fact, you can get gerbils in America, but not in California, which is funny because, you know, the, uh, the, the myth about Richard Gere and the rumors of Hollywood celebrities, you know, delighting in gerbiling all started in California, but you can't actually buy cal- uh, gerbils in California. There's a 1933 bill that banned gerbils in this state because they're non-native and invasive species. Um, also banned are monkeys, ferrets, and hedgehogs. Oh, well, I agree on the banning of all monkeys. In fact, death to all monkeys. Please tear down more rainforests so that more horrible monkeys will die. But, like, ferrets and hedgehogs are pretty cute. Why do you, hedgehogs? They're do you think it's, cute. like, gradual steps in gerbiling? Like, you start with a gerbil because they're smaller than a hamster. Then you graduate to a hamster. And then when you're, like, advanced level, you do a hedgehog. Because that's got to oh, That's really That's got to clean out your insides. And then a ferret. Oh, my God. A ferret would come out of your mouth. It would just go through the whole tract. But, yeah, it's weird that you can't have gerbils. But, again, Richard Gere's a very rich man. So, so I imagine he if he wanted them. a gerbil, yeah, he would just send a minion to, like, Nevada. And, and then... you know, we are right by Mexico. You can get anything you want in Mexico. <laughs> Including, I bet that's where they do the gerbiling. 
this is like donkey shows, isn't it? Because donkey shows definitely happened. So I bet if gerblin has ever happened, it's happened in Mexico. I bet you it's happened to Corey Feldman. No one talks about it. <laughs> Corey so, Feldman is suing you. <laughs> are you familiar with Dan Savage? Savage Love? I know that, you know that? name. He's a sex advice columnist. Started in the, uh, well, I think it was in Seattle originally, but we used to read him. My brother's actually met him, had dinner with him. He's great. He's really funny. I know he had a podcast for a bit called Savage Love, but uh, his his advice column is in the Chicago Reader, and which is like the free newspaper in Chicago. And so we, I used to read it every week because it was funny. But he did a whole article, which I found, like I think he wrote it back in like 2003, on gerbiling. And he just reprinted it this week, um, as fate would have it. But so he was talking about gerbil stuffing. Gerbil stuffing is a sexual practice that straight teenage boys in general and Howard Stern in particular, <laughs> suspect that gay men and Richard Gere engage in. But this is how it works. This is how you do it. You hold a gerbil in your left hand. Using pliers with your right hand, oh. you rip off the gerbil's lower jaw so he can't bite no. you. With the blunt side of the pliers, you knock out the teeth in its upper jaw. So now it's toothless and it has no lower jaw. You then use the pliers to pull off all four of its legs, but you leave the tail. Set it aside. You then take a paper towel roll, grease it up, insert that right into your rectum. Then you tie a string to the gerbil's tail. <laughs> you nudge the gerbil. People, I hope you're writing this down, okay? This is a recipe here. You nudge the gerbil into the outside end of the paper towel. And for no other reason to get away from the person who knocked his teeth out, obviously, the gerbil then like leglessly scampers up the wet paper towel roll into your anal cavity. So now, when the gerbil drops into the anal cavity, this is important, Kate Rambo, you should be listening to this, then you remove the wet paper towel, but you have to leave the string that you've tied to the gerbil's tail hanging out your ass, or you're not going to be able to get it out of your asshole. You're going to have to go to a doctor. You need to leave the string tied to the tail. You can't omit that detail. It's very important. Are you sure... Are you sure this isn't a medieval recipe for a tampon? Well, it's in your ass. Because this is just a gerbil tampon. Like a diarrhea tampon, maybe. Um, oh the gerbil now is trapped inside your anal cavity, and it's thrashing around, desperate for air. It's dying. It's this thrashing in your anus that provides the pleasurable sensations. Once the gerbil's dead, you simply remove it by pulling the string out, and then rinse and repeat. I hate this episode. <laughs> why? Why? I'm really sick and you're making me listen to horrible tales of animal abuse tales. Oh, my God. About anything men will do to pleasure themselves. But women can do it, too. You wang. guys also have anuses. So the idea is that as the gerbil <laughs> suffocates, it's scratching and clawing at the lining of the rectum, providing a very intense sensation to Richard Gere. Um, the rodent <laughs> then needs to be defecated, but the swelling and bleeding sometimes causes retention of the animal, and that's when you'd have to go and have it professionally removed by a doctor. You know now, what would level up one man, one jar? If when he's pulling out the shards of jar glass, is if a little gerbil that had no legs and no jaw also fell out. Well, you know, you'd think, though, you would think that with all the news articles and the books you've written about, about doctors who, you know, have had to extract different objects from people's rectums, mm -hmm. you think one of them 
would have talked about a gerbil or, or a rodent of some sort. But there hasn't been, there are no articles, there's no medical cases where this, this actually occurred. Good. So I'm glad, because nobody's fucking stupid enough to do it. Well, there's also other, uh, so part of the thing is with the, with the flame, the flame will scare the animal, so that's why it, gets, it goes up the pipe into your ass. Um, but also very dangerous. But there's a, another form of gerbling called rock gerbling. So in this instance, that's when the flame ignites the flatulence and the gerbil becomes a projectile. That's when you're rock gerbling. That's advanced gerbling. <laughs> um, the range of variations become more outrageous over time. There's some variations where the gerbil's giving cocaine. There's other variations where it's frozen or placed in a condom or coaxed with cheese. In, like you put cheese in your ass, and so it's going in there to get the cheese, ass cheese. Um, and once again, they're declawed, teeth removed. Um, people put it through like a toilet paper tube sometimes too. Um, then there's also, this is part of the Hollywood circles, there's the urban legend mm-hmm. that uh, you can use more than one gerbil in a pipe. Sometimes they become six. It's known as a gerbil pack. So if you're a gerbil <gasps> packer, you're packing in more than one. A gerbil cent? No, no, no. What you do is a gerbil centipede, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just like stitch the jawless fuckers together, like five or six of them, like anal beads? Yeah, you like gerbil beads. And then beads. you've got like, yeah, you've got like gerbil beads, and it's also a gerbil centipede. Yeah, like, but you could light a fart and just shoot it out. And then it would become a projectile. Rock gerbiling. I don't know why they call it rock oh. gerbiling. So Dan Savage has three points on gerbiling. So first, the type of straight person who believes that gay men engage in gerbiling probably also believes other gay stereotypes like, you know, they're like prissy twinks with clean apartments and, you know, Broadway musical records. But if you think about it, if, so if, if gay men are prim sissies that listen to Broadway music and have like doilies and clean apartments, do you really think they're capable of holding a fucking struggling rodent in their hand and ripping its lower jaw off? Seems kind of unbelievable no. to me. Yeah. It's a, a seri- serial killers do stuff like this with gerbils. Also, if anyone's going to shove a gerbil up their ass, it's a fucking serial killer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, also, there's nothing intrinsically gay about gerbil stuffing. You don't need two penises. You don't even need a penis at all. Like you can do it's it. Bestiality, isn't two it? women, two lesbians can do it. You just need a doom gerbil and a willing butthole. Yes. You know, so I know. I mean, think about it. Like. Straight people do a lot of fucked up sex acts. You know, the majority of pedophiles are straight people or people who identify as straight. So it makes me think maybe it's more straight people who are, you know, shoving gerbils in their ass. But it's attributed to gay people. And finally, here's third point is inserting a wet paper towel roll into your ass is simply not possible. I agree with that. Yeah, when you said wet to begin with, I thought you meant you would just put a piece of like wet toilet paper because I could see, like, you could shove that in your asshole. But no, wouldn't you need the tube to be dry? Yeah, you, or, some, or like a plastic tube or something. You need something firm. But, like, why do you even need a tube at this point? Because the gerbil has no legs. So you're going to have to shove the gerbil in. Like well, I a think tampon, you want it to right? run up the tube so you can get further into your ass. It can't like you, run up the tube. It's got no legs. It scampers legislessly. It, it can't I mean, I don't scamper. know how it works. I've never no done it. I'm just, I'm just reading the instructions. 
I'm telling you, know. you as a as a woman who regularly uses tampons, this to me just sounds like a tampon scenario. And to me, because I'm not Australian, where they don't have the tampons with the inserters, which is what I like, because I just don't want to be touching my cervix. It's just way easier to have an applicator, but you can also raw dog it and just shove it in, which is how you would do it, I would suppose. I mean, possibly. You know what? Uh, so Dan Savage wrote that 2003. There's another advice columnist uh, in 1986 who wrote, it was called The Straight Dope, which is a famous question and answer column. Someone wrote to uh, Cecil, who um, Cecil Adams, who was the columnist, um, saying... Name. Dear Cecil, while discussing a gay acquaintance recently, my friend Mary said that he's no damn gerbil stuffer either. And so when I protested that she should not perpetuate a cruel stereotype, she informed me that she personally had witnessed a fellow admitted by her hospital to remove a deceased gerbil lodged in his rectum. And now the guy has to use a colostomy bag through eternity. So she was like, is this something that's ever actually happened? Like, is there any factual evidence that this ever occurred? And Cecil Adams answered, well, the insertion of objects in the rectum are well documented, not even specifically gay or straight. People, you know, put things in their ass. But rumors of gerbil and mouse stuffing have been circulating since about 1982. But after investigating the matter in some depth, Cecil uh, said he's writing the whole thing off as an urban legend. So it's, it's not true. I'm watching... But yeah, you know I would like to know how people settled on the gerbils. Like, why has it fallen upon their tiny little beautiful heads? Like, because mice are smaller and scampier. Yeah, but maybe gerbils are rounder and they're cute. And the word gerbil, I, I could see the word, the word gerbil, gerbil kind of catches on. Because you could say mousing, but gerbiling, hamstering doesn't That's sound true. as, yeah, it's guinea pigging. I don't, you know, I don't know how it works. Guinea pigs are too fucking big. You can shove a guinea pig up your ass. Please, no one try. It well, so um, an attorney who specializes in criminal law and sexual offenses relating to bestiality, zoophilia, and zoosexuality says, gerbling, it is real. While we colloquially call it gerbling, the actual name for it is from a medical or mental health point of view is formicophilia, which involves not just gerbils, but other kinds of small critters as well. This is a form of bestiality, which essentially deals with things crawling on you or in you. And these are typically living things. So for mycophilia is something that's been documented. Not necessarily gerbils. But she was saying that um, she dealt with a case where a guy would go to Thailand. He would rent young girls and he would insert roaches into their vaginas. I was about to say, is that what they call it then? You know how there's that urban myth that you swallow like seven or eight spiders a year? So is that that? I don't know if it's part of that, but I have heard, you've ever heard the girl that masturbated the lobster tail? And the lobster was pregnant and shot the the babies into her vagina and she had like lobster babies coming out of her. You ever heard that one? <laughs> no, but it's fabulous. It's another urban myth, yeah. Uh, she says eels are pretty oh. popular, both by men to yeah. insert in their anuses and occasionally women into vaginas, but women more often use small fish like goldfish. No, goldfish are delightful. <laughs> Why are people going for all these delightful creatures? She says she's also worked on a case that involved a mouse being inserted into a man's anus, which had to be removed in an emergency room. But as far as gerbils specifically, she says she's not personally dealt with a gerbil case, nor has she read about any case where this actually happened. But she said, nothing surprises me at this point. So while no cases exist in any medical journals, that still doesn't mean that no one's ever put a gerbil in their asshole. 
It feels like a kind of frat boy jackass thing, doesn't it? Like an Animal House scenario where it's like, if you want to join our fraternity, bro, you got to take our gerbil art too. And then you would take a gerbil to join the frat house. I can see that being an initiation thing. You know, if Mythbusters was real, they would have busted this myth. (laughs) Do you think one of them would have taken a gerbil? (laughs) To see if you could do it. And then see if you could light the fart and shoot it out of your asshole like a projectile. You'd think if they were real, they were legit, they would have done this. They would have busted that myth. So now, when does gerbiling go to Hollywood, Kate Rambo? Uh, whenever get Richard Hollywood? Gere got accused of it. Well, that's the thing. There's a couple different versions. I think the most famous Hollywood story and urban legend of gerbiling is Richard Gere and the gerbil. Um, you know, uh, I read in Snopes, Snopes, I looked it up in Snopes, they said it's completely false. Um, but the legend homed in on a few targets. So when it first appeared, it was a Philadelphia newscaster that was being blamed for, they were targeted as a, he was like someone, I forget the guy's name, but he was someone who was kind of gay and there's rumors about his sexuality and then someone started this rumor that he was a gerbiler. And so uh, everyone, everyone uh, was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, Jerry Penicoli and weatherman Rick Siegel, both were, uh, they said, were gerbil breeders and would, would shove gerbils up their assholes. And then also a, a linebacker uh, for the Cleveland Browns, so I don't know his name, was another one who was suspected to be a gerbiler. But the most famous would be Richard Gere. So where this, ha- this happened probably mid-1980s. Richard Gere, when did Pretty Woman come out? Was that late 80s uh, or 90s? Pre- yeah, I can't remember right now. Fucking love that movie, though. I mean, who doesn't love Pretty Woman? It's a great movie. Well, so the rumor goes, this is probably like, 86, 87, is that Richard Gere had an emergency gerbilectomy at Cedar sinai Hospital in California and that countless doctors and nurses have claimed to have participated in it or been on hand during it or heard from a reliable colleague that he had to have a gerbil removed from his rectum. And so the rumor spread uh, and was aided by an anonymous prankster not long after the film Pretty Woman uh, that led into a huge increase in, in uh, Gears' popularity. And then there were fax machines in Hollywood that was being sent a phony press release purportedly issued by the Association for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals that claimed that Gear had abused a gerbil. Is, well, Richard Gere's a Buddhist, so hasn't he like not eaten meat since, I don't know, the 70s? He's like one of the longest standing vegetarians in Hollywood. Well, the urban myth spread. And it came to like a team of doctors had to remove it from his ass. It got to like he was full on six packing. He had like multiple gerbils in his ass. Oh, he was gerbil, um, gerbil centipeding. Yeah. And they, they were like, you know, the, obviously the, the rumor mill grows. It snowballs and it uh, takes on different meanings at this point. But uh, this is interesting. You know, Mike Walker, the famous gossip columnist and National Enquirer said, I've never worked harder on a story in my life. He's like, I wanted to, I wanted to believe. I feel this. I, I totally have uh, uh, empathy for him. Um, he's like, I really wanted to prove that Richard Gere had put a gerbil on his ass. He goes, but I'm convinced there's nothing more than an urban legend. Never found any evidence Is this? A, I guess Mike feels the way about this story the way I do about the time that Rod Stewart had to go and have his uh, stomach, stomach pumped, pumped because it was full of cum. And the kid from- uh, I believe that though. The kid from New Kids on the Block, same thing. 
No, it just happened to Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart's definitely no, he's, look at you know, look he's up a tiny uh, man. whatever the singers from You Kids on the Block. There's a rumor about him too that Rod he had to have a stomach pump from semen. And Prince, I thought there was some, someone said the same thing about Prince. No, Maybe. it wasn't Prince the same like rumor as Marilyn Manson where he'd had a rib removed. So he could a suck rib his removed, own dick. yeah. Prince, Prince had the rib oh, that... removed so he could suck his own dick. Yeah, I think Prince yeah. had like a whole line full of women who would have sucked his dick. I don't think he ever had to have a rib removed. You <laughs> don't think he had to worry about that. So this is one thing I never knew, but how did this Richard Gere gerbil rumor really begin and how did it spread so quickly? People say yeah. Sylvester Stallone started the rumor maliciously. Really? Because he was in a, <laughs> yeah, he was in like a, uh, a row with uh, Richard Gere. Like, they did not oh like God. each other. So the story of Gear having to rush to Sears Sinai kind of gained popularity probably early 90s. That's when all the jokes started coming out. Um, they say that the tale happened sometime in the 80s. Um, and there's been, like, you know, there's tons of jokes about it. We started the show with Sam Kinison joking about it. Um, the Easter egg at the end of the show is another joke from Living Color about it. But this is the way the tale happened so Sylvester Stallone apparently they say he faxed the faux hospital report <laughs> he's the one that sent it to different uh, media outlets claiming that gear was admitted to Sears Sinai to have a creature extracted from his anus there are even people who claim to know people who said they saw gear at Cedar Sinai Hospital before or after the creature was removed um this came from a, a commenter on the Dan Savage article that I was reading out. 1987, a friend of mine I was sharing a place with was an ER nurse in Vancouver, B.C. Uh, came back from work once, breathlessly excited because on an ER shift before hers, they had pulled the gerbil out of Richard Gere's ass. Top secret. She'd get fired if anybody told. The, the, these are the stories that started circulating. But getting back to Stallone. Um, so Stallone and Richard Gere were set to star in the movie Lords of Flatbush. Have you seen that? No, I've never even heard about it. But the I've two did not get movie. along at all. Yeah, they, uh, so the original part of Chico, which was played by Perry King, was originally supposed to be played by Richard Gere, but he and Stallone never got along. He claimed that uh, Gere would strut around in his oversized motorcycle jacket like he was the baddest knight at the round table. And one day during improv... He grabbed Stallone. We were simulating a fight scene and got a little carried away. And Stallone told him in a gentle fashion, you got to lighten up, bro. But he said he was in character and this was method. And that you just, if you're a real actor, this is how you deal with it. He said then... Can I just point out here before we go any further, there is no way in, in hell that Richard Gere could ever play a character called Chico. <laughs> he just he is a seem, Joshua. Doesn't seem well <laughs> cast. It. No, his name is like Joshua, and that is it. He's like so white, he cannot play a Chico. But he is a famous method actor. So I still don't more. get, though, how he could rough up Stallone. Well, I mean, he is pretty tall. I guess. So they were saying that uh, they were rehearsing at Coney Island. It was lunchtime, so they took a lunch break. And the only place that was uh, warm was the backseat of a Toyota. So Stallone was eating a hot dog. And Richard Gere climbs in with half a chicken covered in mustard with grease dripping out of an aluminum wrapper. He said, Stallone was like, that thing's going to drip all over the place. And Gere looks at him and says, don't worry about it. If it gets on my pants, you're going to know about it. 
He then bit into the chicken, and a small greasy river of mustard landed on uh, Stallone's thigh. And so Stallone elbowed him on the side of the head and basically pushed him out of the car. I was like, dude, what the fuck? You just drip fucking greasy mustard chicken all over my pants. And so then Richard Gere told him to fuck off. And so the director had to make a choice. One of them had to go. One of them had to stay. And so they pretty much just kicked Richard Gere out and got somebody else to play that part. But so... But this is already fakes because Richard Gere doesn't even meet. He doesn't even meet... Oh, wait. Maybe this is before he was a Buddhist. This is in the early okay. 80s. Lords of Fatbush was probably like 1982, probably. Right, right. I'm not sure when he became a fully-fledged Buddhist. So, yeah, maybe... Okay, maybe it's all checking out now. To this day, according to Stallone, he said Richard Gere seriously dislikes me. He even thinks I'm the individual responsible for the gerbil rumor. Not true, but that's the rumor. There's Stallone going, I didn't do it. I didn't f-. Stallone did it. And do you know what? As somebody who has a Scorpio stelium, might I say that I admire this, like... <laughs> This revenge this that he undertook, where he's like, no, where he's like, I'm going to fax people stories that this cunt who dropped some chicken grease on my fucking expensive jeans uh, had a gerbil up his ass. And like, can you just see him sat at home thinking, how can I get one over on this fucking prick, Richard Gere? It's a, it's a pretty creative way to troll someone. I would, have, I would never have thought about that. I just don't picture Stallone being that nefarious, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. There's lots of rivalry. He's a creative guy, don't forget. Oh, yeah, he wrote Rocky. He's written a lot of movies. Yeah, so did he write Rambo? Did he write Rambo one? Or was that written for him? No, no, Rambo's based on the book. Oh, okay. So Richard Gere, for the most part, has never really directly addressed the issue, but in an interview in 2008, he finally said something about it. He said, I stopped reading the press a long time ago. Lots of crazy things came up about me at first, especially from the tabloids. There's the infamous gear stuck a hamster up his bum, urban myth. So he, he addressed it, but he never said he actually Insane. did it. So gear claims he's never had a gerbil in his ass. Stallone claims he never started the rumor. But how, do we, how will we really know the truth? But the question I is hope- just, why Richard Gere? Out of all the celebrities to target. It's like I said, because he's so inoffensive. I hope Stallone on his deathbed comes out and just says, I did it. I did it. I, I made it. up the story. Adrian, did it for you. Richard Gere um, is, is just, he's inoffensive. He's never going to offend you. He's never going to do anything. He's so bland. In every role, he is bland. Like, name like a time that Richard Gere was spicy. You cannot. Yeah, he might hang dong in American Gigolo. But other he? than that. He's just a bland kind of guy. I don't recall that. But I mean, at the time, this would have been late 80s, early 90s. Richard Gere was definitely an A-lister. I mean, he had been in some huge movies. Pretty Woman was huge, Julia Roberts. He was considered a total heartthrob. He was dating Cindy Crawford. You know, every woman in America wanted, you know, was in love with him. So maybe that's what it was. It was just jealousy. Probably. He's kind of like Harrison Ford for me as well. Like Harrison Ford, there's no real personality there. You're just kind of a face. You're just kind of, you know, made it looky in movies. And I feel that way about Richard Gere. This is great. There's a paper in the film industry written by anthropologist Hortense Powdermaker. She wrote this in 1951. (laughs) That's an amazing name. Uh, But it's called Hollywood, The Dream Factory. An anthropologist looks at the movie makers. And in this in this paper, uh, she says that the industry is just filled with fragile egos and jealousy. 
That's pretty much that's pretty yeah. much what what runs that industry. So when anyone's doing well and surpassing their contemporaries, bad news will follow, whether it's manufactured or genuine. So like outside the industry, you know, the public's enamored with celebrities and kind of has a bit of a obviously there's some jealousy there, but actors, other actors have a direct rivalry with these other actors. So you you see Richard Gere, A-lister, I mean, I don't know. Was Stallone's career flagging at that point? It was as high as it would ever be, baby. So He was on like a movie-to-movie role. But, I mean, I could see him doing it just purely out of fucking spiteful revenge, which I think is fabulous, and I think it's really funny to just start this rumor about Richard Gere. Not outside of jealousy, but just purely because he dropped some fucking grease on my jeans. And I'm going to. Well, it sounds like they didn't get along anyway. I mean, the way he was saying he'd walk around like he, you know, some badass leather jacket. (laughs) But this is, I think, a more. (laughs) I think this is a more credible theory on the origin of gerbiling. So, start of the 80s, gay men, definitely at that time, were perceived as socially and sexually deviant. AIDS started, the AIDS plague started happening at that point and kind of becoming, you know, the media started taking notice of it. People didn't understand what AIDS was. I mean, everybody just was freaked out about it and thought it was like a, a gay plague that gay people were responsible for. So you toss in interspecies sex with, with gerbils. Now you get like, you know, gay sexuality. They're, they're, they're deviants, complete deviants. Not only are they spreading disease, they are, you know, engaged in these deviant sex, sexual practices. So it just allows another way for homosexuals to be stigmatized, if you think about it. And I think that a lot of politicians, a lot of evangelical preachers use this as a weapon. I mean, it makes sense. Even though they'd be the first to stick a gerbil up their ass. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> according to uh, psychiatrists Jean-Bruno Renard and Veronique Campion-Vincent, 2002, they say sexual urban legends often fix boundaries between normal and pathological sexuality. So what falls under pathological sexuality in urban legends is deviant sexuality. And in a conservative way, asexuality or intense sexual activities. So... Pathological sexuality is almost always punished by a silly accident with consequences ranging from shame to death. And that's what gerbiling is. You know, someone's like being shamed because they had, you know, suffered first degree burns to their anus from trying to get a gerbil out of their ass. And so over the years, you know, homosexuality, homosexuality, especially in the history of this country, has been deemed a deviant practice. So this is just another modern take on it, you know in the 80s it's just like they're already like you know sneaking off and having sex in in what do you call it cottaging and things like that yeah yeah but so this is just another i'm sure another way to stigmatize homosexuals yeah but i'm sure if you looked back into like the greeks and the romans they they definitely were doing things with rats and mice they were so but but even to them it wasn't deviant but there's no like, historical record. We can all of it. do what we want. There was no, yeah, there's just no record of it. But I bet it was going on back then. But again, it wasn't deviant because you could have sex with fucking anyone. It didn't matter as long as you like paid your taxes, paid your rent. Back then it was different, wasn't it? During the Vietnam War, there was a uh, popular myth uh, in which uh, there's ways to avoid the draft. So a potential inductee arrived for his physical. When the doctor asked him to bend over, he noticed a tail hanging out of the uh, 
the prospective soldier's anus. And he says, what's that? And the young man answered, oh, that's my rat. And then he was immediately referred to the psychiatrist and disqualified because this is a sign of homosexuality and was not permitted in the service. That is completely, that's not true. I've read enough about like World War II and like the Vietnam and how they avoided the draft. Like they weren't going to, like, to ends like that. You could even just say like, I know Jack Kerouac got out of a like Navy service by saying that he felt sexually attracted to the men. That's all you had to say. You didn't and have they, to shove a rat up your ass. I'm, believe me, I would have said that before I'd ever go to Vietnam. There's no way. <laughs> Like, yeah, I got like five gerbils up there. So as many urban legends here, the gerbling story expresses the fear of the other. Homosexuals, strangers, you know, people who, um, and possibly rivalry. But I think it really what it is, it's demonizing the fear of the other. These other people who aren't like you, mm-hmm. you're going to make them look like deviants. So they attribute deviant behaviors and they strengthen our sense of belonging to a group because we have positive Christian values. So because... These other people are like gerbil stuffers that have AIDS. You know, we're better than them because we're Christian and we're about the family. But I think that's part of it, though, too, is gerbling stories proliferated because it's shocking and funny. It's something that yeah, Sick and Wrong would talk about, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it, I think that's part of it. Is it's, if you look at it, it is a hurtful urban myth. It's a homophobic, hurtful myth to denigrate gay people. But at the same time, it is funny. And I think you can tell like that's the way urban myths circulate because now you're telling this funny story that's going to shock people and everyone loves a good shocking tale. And then next thing you know, it's being taken as fact, yet there's no evidence to support any of these stories. Like no hospital, not even a single one, even in Salt Lake City where they say that, that that's where the, the two people, the first story originated. It's never happened. So if I think there's high propaganda to value to it, but no evidence actually supports it. If you had to choose between putting a gerbil, a hamster, or a mouse up yourself, which one are you picking? I wouldn't do either. Well, personally, I, I would wouldn't go choose eel. a hamster because I would go eel. hamsters are lazy. And hamsters, like, get really fat and podgy. So a hamster is out for me. So it would be a choice between the gerbil or the mouse. It's kind of a tough choice. A mouse. I wouldn't want to kill it, smaller. though. Because if it was good, I'd want to, like, pull it out and keep using it again. I'd call him, like, Yeah, well, I don't, don't know, break its legs. And I think don't break its legs and you could probably use it again. Because if you left the tube in your anus, it would probably just run in and out of your anus. And wouldn't that be more pleasurable? Really? I mean, it sounds like it. You know, the uh, the myth got so bad in the late 80s that there were points, <laughs> there was at one point they were claiming that gerbil insertion is the actual cause of AIDS. <laughs> oh my God, really? <laughs> but you know what though? I, I wonder what Freddie funny. Mercury thought of that. <laughs> it sounds funny and hard to believe, but come on, you got like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, uh, who's this guy? Uh, Louis Gohmert from Texas, Republican Senator Texas. He said, when you say it's not a man and a woman anymore, then why not have three men and one woman or four women and one man? Or why not, you know, somebody has a love for an animal, like a mouse. Like, this is what oh he was saying, God. why you can't eliminate traditional marriage by allowing gay marriage. So people right, still so. believe this, and they're still perpetuating this, this awful, completely ridiculous myth to kind of, you know, they're politicizing it for their own, their own aims. 
We're talking about people who have either the driest sex lives or these are the people that go and do the really horny, weird shit with prostitutes. Well, these are these people. Well, Ted Cruz, you know that guy does some weird shit. He jerks Oh, that guy's had more abortions than I have. Yeah, for sure. But I think what they want to do is they want to evoke the fear in people. It's just a demagoguery. It's like, you know, if you, uh, if you legalize gay marriage, next thing you know, everyone's going to have to shove gerbils up their assholes. That's just how That's it works. That's what they do. That's, That's what, what they, they do. do. Because gay it. men are perverts who are willing to kill cute, cuddly animals so they can they can get off. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I think the gerbil legend and the reason it became so popular is because you have conservatives that are freaked out. You have religious wackos that are freaked out by homosexuals, and then you got politicians who are using it to you know politicize their own their own objectives here. And then you had the rise of the AIDS epidemic. So I think the gerbil legend just proved how deviant and disease-ridden gays are. And for some reason, Richard Gere was the, uh, the flag boy for that. <laughs> I don't, it's, just, it's funny that it was applied to him because he's not even gay. He's not gay, and he was with like one of the hottest women of all time ever as well. So that's maybe why it was like the irony of it because he's so Cindy. Yeah. I think in conclusion, it's a hurtful myth. But I still want to believe that Richard Gere shoved a gerbil up his ass. I really do. People, this is episode 897 here is Sick and Wrong. Got a phone call coming up next, 323-522-4032. It's a very long phone call about Poland. So I'm only playing one this time. But first, uh, let me play this quick message from Adam and Eve. Hey, guys. It's me, Stephen. I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks to your awesome coupon code, Diddle, I can buy myself loads of good sex toys. Since both of my wives died, and my Logaric's disease got pretty bad, let's just say things in the bedroom got pretty boring. But thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code, Diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. I am now a new man. Thanks. You're charging power victory. And now we are full of energy. So we got one phone call to get to. Twisted Firestarter called in a few weeks ago. Yes. And uh, he called in with a really long phone call, which I normally don't play ones over three minutes, but being that this is a good one. I figured we'll play it on the main show. We'll just do one this week. But people, you can call the Sigron hotline at 323-522-4032, or you can email us, sigronpodcast at gmail.com. So uh, let's hear about the Twisted Fire Starters holiday in Poland. This is the Twisted Fire Starter speaking. Last week, uh, I was in Poland for... Uh, or oh, what would it have been four days I think it was um, it was my birthday so I thought why not treat myself you know give myself a little treat go to Auschwitz I'll, I'll, be, I'll have a lovely time there that's like Kate's favorite pastime I've been to Auschwitz have you been twice there? but hey twice but they're telling us that we shouldn't be traveling to Poland at the minute because of the Ukraine so this is good to know that he was just kind of like I either don't give a shit about the Ukraine or I'm just gonna go because like, Krakow's just pretty fucking media close hype, as well. You know? But did you have your birthday party there or something? 
No. Or your but we will quinceanera. go to Auschwitz and it'll and it'll be like the third time I've been to Auschwitz. <laughs> by which point I'll just be like I'll be skipping around it because I will know every part of it. We've been talking about going there on our honeymoon. <laughs> We're gonna do We're a gonna World do a War Nazi II tour. Nazi tour of Europe, which I think would be great. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, and I've got three three main points I want to touch on about the holiday. Uh, the first one I'll just get over quickly now. Fuck Ryanair. Fuck them in the yes. year old. The worst. The fucking worst airline. They're worse than Spirit. Ryanair's worse than Spirit. I'll go on record. You know what? I'm, I'm not even a tall person. I am five foot four. I weigh eight stone. And I am uncomfortable on Ryanair seats. So I don't know how anyone bigger or taller than me can cope. They're definitely not built for American asses. <laughs> a bunch of fucking cunts. And they charged us, not only on the way out, but they charged me on the way back as well. I end up having to pay an extra 110 quid for <gasps> bullshit reasons that I can't even be bothered to go into. So, yeah, point one, Ryanair can go fuck themselves. Yes, uh, they're gerblers. Oh, I, I, yeah, I had, a, I had a great time there. I'd never been before. I know I'm not supposed to have a good time there. But I don't, what do you want me to say? I'm, I'm into Nazis. I'm into everything miserable and horrible. That's why I listen to your podcast, you know? Was he by himself? He just went by himself? No, he's, uh, he's implying that there was a group of them that uh, went. He has friends. A lad's holiday to Auschwitz. A so, yeah, I enjoyed Auschwitz. <laughs> but the problem was I, I kept um, thinking of funny things as I was walking around and I'd start to laugh and I'd have to sort of like cover my mouth so people wouldn't see me laughing. And there was this, this group of um, Dutch girls there who um, they were like, that was really interesting because it was actually like that that film, uh, the American film of the liberation of the camps where they take the locals around the camps and as they're like walking in, they're all sort of like laughing and cheery and having a good time and then as they're walking out, they're all like, <laughs> like just miserable. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. That was these Dutch girls. The fucking bus ride there, they were just going on. I wonder if he scored the Dutch girls. <laughs> Yeah, you could have easily scored on the way back and been like, life's short, isn't it, Dutch girls? Yeah, you never know what might happen to you. <laughs> Do you think he tried to console them? Like, come here, you can cry on my shoulder, I'll take care yeah, of you. Yeah, you could have well gotten in there to advise that. I must say, I understand... I understand his, uh, like, yeah, you think of funny things and you're trying to, like, kind of be respectful because the second time I went round was with my uh, brain tumor ex. And I had like a pocket full of chocolates. I had some chocolates in my pocket. And I just started like absentmindedly, like just started fucking wailing into them because I'm fucking hungry, you know. And uh, as I was like you chewing on chocolate, I looked, I well, I looked into the face of like this older man and he just kind of, you know, when you can see like somebody is very unimpressed by how you're acting, it's kind of thought, oh shit. I'm eating well, chocolate be in somber. front of like not... the death wall. You're not yeah. supposed to be popping milk duds at Auschwitz. They were really good chocolates. I'm super hungry. Like it's not like they have fucking a hot dog car there. Like what are you gonna do? Yeah, I remember when uh, we were really stoned on was it space cakes in Amsterdam. Oh, we went is to this Anne, Frank's Anne Frank's house. house. We got kicked out. Yes. Mainly I because Kessler kept house. doing this impersonation of Shlomo, <laughs> who was Anne Frank's retarded brother, who was just there for everyone's amusement. <laughs> he was just there to spread love. He didn't need to be murdered by those cruel Nazis. Poor Shlomo. <laughs> <laughs> I also got 
was too stoned in Anne Frank's house and I got kicked out of it for being disrespectful. And also in Anne Frank's house, I had crisps in my pocket. You were eating crisps? I was what, what slowly... is your deal with eating crisps at like <laughs> Nazi memorials? Eating I food. Mean, I'm just really good at having snacks on me. But I was like, try, you know when you're trying to really slowly eat a crisp, but it's so loud. And like that was cracking me up, which then turned like everyone else was trying not to laugh who I was with because we were all stoned. And then it got to, I was like, do you want a crisp? And the guy did said twice, he was like, if the girls in the back do not stop, you will have to leave. And I was just like, oh, I couldn't. I was like, we're going to have to leave. I, remember I was like, the... this is the room she was wanking in. We have to leave. <laughs> I remember the, there was one point where uh, the customer were just kind of standing there trying not to laugh because we were really high and p-town was so annoyed he just walked away from us and then if you looked out the window it was right next door to a rum runners you know what a rum runners is that like chain of shitty bars that you can get like fucking mojitos at and shit like that right i don't so, think it's there anymore i don't know if it's there anymore but there's a rum runners and so customers just like papa can we go to <laughs> rum runners for a mojito and then uh, he was like shut up shlomo hide in the closet <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing, and I was just like, oh, my God. And then they, like, you're like, you have to go. Just walked us out. Yeah, the same thing happened to us. Papa. I wonder, people must get kicked out of Van Frank's house every All single the day. Time. Just like, yeah, and I bet people get kicked out of Auschwitz as well for not being respectful enough. Well, I I saw people got in trouble for taking selfies. Like That's people... the thing. Like, yeah, I don't know why. The first thing you think of when you get to Auschwitz is, is not let me start taking pictures of all of this shit. My usual thing is like, well, I've been here twice now, so I just want to get through it. Yeah, but so are I you can, like, like doing have a hot dog at the end? But are you doing selfies with like you know the peace sign in front of the <laughs> this Auschwitz This is for my Führer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were really fucking loud and annoying, and I hated them. And, uh, and then when we were in Auschwitz, God, you should have seen their faces. They were really putting on the <laughs> I am so disgusted face. And I, every time I looked at them, I'd start to laugh. I'd have to turn away and cover my mouth. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that was were Auschwitz. Hot, um, third point, very last night there, um, we went to a strip club. And I know I've you know been slagging off strip clubs before and saying I don't understand them. But I was drunk. Uh, I, I haven't had sex in over three and a half years now, so give me a break. <laughs> but yeah, so we go down into. You can the- go deser- to a strip club, mate. He deserves a Polish hand job if he can get one. I was. Three I was years. about to say, having been to a nightclub in Krakow, I can only imagine how far behind the times the the uh, the uh, like strip clubs are. I should. Does it five star? You should have messaged me because I could have taught you some like Polish slang for the ladies. Like, going, oh, you are dobsha kobieta, dobsha kobieta. I mean, I might be way. I might be way off base here, but I imagine a random strip club in Krakow or Warsaw or something like that would probably have better looking women than one in like the north of England. Equal. Really. You would think the Polish women Equal. would be, but maybe not. I don't know. I know, like in the Czech Republic, they're going to be way better looking. Yeah, maybe in Prague they will be better looking. I think people women in like in that area of the world, whereas I thought Poland but this would is too. A, you're talking about like Slavic babushka territory here. They're all good Catholic girls, 
And as soon as they get married and have a baby, that's it. It's like Russian women, same deal. It's just like Russian and Northern women as well. We're fishwives up here. <laughs> Club. And um, we're sort of sat there and um, I'm sat talking to this one strip and she's like, oh, you should do a dance. I was like, oh, you, you ain't going to have the sort of music I want. She's like, oh, come with me. And she showed me this little computer and they're basically selecting their music off YouTube. So I was like, fucking right, you want me to do a dance? All right then. So I picked my song and I did an entire striptease pole dance to I'm Broken by Pantera. Um, and I tell you what, all the strippers, they gave me a round of applause after. I don't know if it was like a pity round of applause or an actual one, but I don't give a fuck because I had a great time doing that. Wait, wait, wait. He danced. He danced for the girls? I'm not sure which Pantera song it is, but Pantera is either. certainly the music of that you want to be playing while you're near Auschwitz. <laughs> I just think it's funny that he was in the strip club and they're like, they wanted him to dance on the pole. Please, can you do dance for us? We find it very sexy when like a young man from Devon dance for us on stage. I wonder if he had those. You know those, <laughs> Dobra pull, you know those pull away pants where you just kind of rip them off and they're, they're oh, like Oh yeah, clasps. Kappa Poppers. Yeah, I wonder if he's wearing yeah. those. Be amazing if he had a pair. If he had a full-on Kappa Popper tracksuit on, because they're making a comeback. They're like making a, a big comeback. A, a leopard print, uh, a banana Fun. hammock. <laughs> yes, I, I am envisioning this. This is great. Um, my mates, they then go because there was me and my mate Che, his missus, and his sister. And apparently the strippers were all like stroking his missus's hair and making her feel really uncomfortable. So they left and I was like, look, I'm going to stay. I'm having a great time. I'm going to stay. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I stay there for a bit, talking to a stripper. And every so often, um, like the madam will come over, bring over two shots of vodka and go, oh, shot for you, shot for her. And I'm like, oh, do the shot. And she's like, right, you have to pay for it now. So, oh, fucking hell, whatever. So I just tap the machine with my card and she go away. And then one, I did that a couple of times. And then one time she comes over and I do it again. I tap my card and it doesn't work. Um, uh, and she's, and I was like, hold on, let me try my debit card. So I was using my credit card for it. Try my debit card. That didn't work either. This is how they get you. You know, he's yeah. like, he's you like should have been seeing playing how much. right into their game. Yeah. She's then going, oh, you've, you've got to go on your phone. You've got to authorize it and do this and do that. Um, and... I, that I was getting a bit suspicious then. I was, I was drunk as fuck, but I, was, oh, I don't like this. In the end, I just put my card in, put the pin in, and that was it. My mate oh, no. Che comes back, Ooh. drags me off saying, mate, they're charging you in pounds, not in Zloty. I, was, I didn't understand, but I just went anyway because they sort of dragged me away. Um, I get back to my room, open up my phone. I see I'd had a payment of £350 on my credit card declined. So so they were charging me like stupid money for these fucking drinks. And I've since found out they got 380 quid out of me for two shots of vodka. That's Whoa. two separate payments of £190. And I've got to say, I'm actually not even annoyed about it because <laughs> it's my own fault. You know, it's a strip club. They're shady places. I knew what I was getting into. I shouldn't have been paying on my card. I should have been paying attention. I guess that's just how it goes. But at least I got a great story out of it, eh? Anyway, this is a ridiculously long call. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to go now. Bye. Wow. You know, that's how they get you. Um, P-Town had a great story. When he went to China with uh, Captain Carl, Um, I didn't get to go with him. But they went to, like, Hong Kong. First night they were there, and they're walking around, and they met some other American businessman guy. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, let's, let's uh, go to a bar. And they went to a bar, and these two, like, kind of hot girls are like, oh, we know of a way better bar. And so they go to this other bar, mm-hmm. and it was definitely a strip club. And he was like, but it was a weird strip club. There wasn't really a stage, but there were, like, all these, you know, hot girls sitting at the table with them. Well, they ordered drinks, but they didn't realize that they're actually ordering drinks for the 10 girls that were, see- that were in the room. So they were, like, charging Pat around for the room every Mental. time. And so by the time they were done, Pat went, was expecting, you know, like 100 quid or something. And we looked, it was like $1,800. Did he pay it? No, he was like, I'm not paying this. And then they got like this bouncer came out. Yeah, like, you have yeah. To pay. He's just like, I'm not paying this. I'm not, he's like, I'm going to call, stop payment on this right now. And so he ended up like giving them like $100 and just saying like, fuck you and leaving. And then uh, I think he did a stop payment they called his credit card company to make sure it was a stop payment. I think he had to like show evidence that he was being defrauded and all this. Like it, it took him like months to get that charge reversed. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they're sketchy. Very sketchy. It happens. You know, I didn't uh, know that Auschwitz had a strip club. That's kind of cool. Very progressive. Uh, the girls there are really, really skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. People, you can call the Sick Girl Hotline at 323-522-4032. We got to get out of here. Got to get on the second show with, uh, with my brother. Um, thanks to everybody who listened and supported us on the Patreon. We do appreciate you helping us keep it sick and wrong every week. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. Uh, if you want to buy some merch, uh, we got some new designs at the T Public Source. Go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Get yourself some sick and wrong uh, swag. And uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week had to keep with the gerbil theme, Kate Rambo. Have you ever heard of the comedian Stephen Lynch? Uh, no, and, and do I want to? Like, you probably would hate him. But we, I know we uh, people, listeners new? have sent in his songs on the show, and this one kind of fits He's a very musical well. comedian? Yeah, not for me. Not yeah, for this me, guy, it, well, the song fits. It's called Gerbil Song. And it's off his album, uh, A Little Bit Special, which came out in uh, 2000. So we're going to end the show here okay. with, the, actually, the song's called Gerbil. It is a gerbil song, though. So the song's called Gerbil by Stephen Lynch. We're going to end with that, and we're going to dedicate that one to Richard Gere. Uh, people will be <laughs> back next week with episode 898. Till then, take it sleazy. I bought a gerbil at the petting zoo. If Richard Gere can do it, I can too. I get undressed, I start to lube I stick the gerbil in the end of the tube Wondering just how he'll feel Will he like it better than his little wheel? Careful now, he's right beside me One more inch and he's inside me Go, gerbil Gerbils on Easy Street It's warm and cozy And there's plenty to eat 
The situation is beyond my control. Gotta find a way to get him out of his hole. I try crowbars, I try wires. I almost had him with a pair of pliers. I try cheese, but he's not biting. I wish this wasn't so exciting. Go, Jerome. Please get out, you furry fucker. I think I am getting ill. Suddenly, he's very, very still. Now it's too late, my gerbil died. I guess I have committed. Gerbicide. Here's some advice. It's very clear cut. If you love your gerbil, don't stick him up your butt. Don't stick him up your butt. Little furry gerbil in your booty hole. Don't stick him and you put him in your chest and it won't come out and I'm on a fucking day and I put him in town and I skinny baba do wabba do wabba day bang da 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 yum da shitty wabba bing bing Well, let's bring back that Joe Namath. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll never forget the time when he put on those pantyhose on national television. It must have taken so much courage for him to come out and say, this is me, this is who I am. Call me Broadway Joe, because that's how I do it. The Broadway. <laughs> time out. Now, you got to reverse that call. Joe Namath is married. Hello? Well, so is Richard Gere, and you should have seen that gerbil in the wedding dress. 